What's good, everybody? JT Sports here. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be discussing my top 10 quarterback prospects for the 2022 NFL Draft. This quarterback class is considered by many to be one of the worst in recent draft memory. And I'm not ready to hop on that claim just yet. Like, I want to see these upcoming rookie quarterbacks play in a official NFL game because determining how successful a young quarterback is going to be isn't about how fast they can run, how far they can throw the football. It's, first of all, about where they land team fit matters you have to go to an organization that understands what it takes to develop a young rookie quarterback what it takes to build a team around a young rookie quarterback and what is the best way to bring out the full potential of a young rookie quarterback because like many people forget that there aren't too many quarterbacks that have been drafted in the first round by good teams that have ended up being bust because good teams understand how to build around you know their young QBs like for example the Baltimore Ravens they drafted Lamar Jackson and they built the system around them and then they elevated from there they improved and Lamar Jackson improved with the system same thing with the Buffalo Bills not only did they also improve you know the scheme that they had around Josh Allen that was built around his strengths but they also built the team around Josh Allen so for these quarterback prospects Determining how successful they're going to be is kind of going to be determined by which team they get drafted by and how well the coaching staff is able to, you know, develop them and build around them. So I'm going to be ranking these quarterbacks from 10 to number one. And I'm going to start off with Akil Glass as my 10th quarterback going into the 2022 NFL Draft. He is 6'5", 215 pounds coming out of Alabama A&M. He is the two-time award winner of the Deacon Jones Trophy awarded to the HBCU Player of the Year. He has a good arm good size last season he threw for 3,568 passing yards 36 touchdowns seven interceptions and completed 62.6 percent of his passes and the downfall with a kill glass is you know his mechanics need a lot of improvement and he has really spotty accuracy and when you're looking at a kill glass like really you're just looking at him for you know the potential he's somebody who maybe you draft in the seventh round or you bring in as an undrafted free agent bring in bring him in as a camp body if you know he shows you a little bit of you know some things that you like you bring him in try to develop him and he has some really good tools to become a really good backup quarterback he has a really good arm, as I mentioned, and the size is there. And honestly, like if you can coach him up and you can get those mechanics a little bit more improved and improve his accuracy, you know, you're going to end up having a really good backup on your hands because like the potential is there. Like you're not drafting a quarterback 
in round six or seven or even after round five for somebody who's going to be your franchise quarterback you know like if you're drafting the quarterback in the later rounds you're kind of looking for a good backup and maybe if you get lucky they end up developing into a really good starter and in rare cases an elite quarterback you know so Akil Glass I think is a really good developmental prospect to look at number nine have Brock Purdy 6'1", 212 pounds out of Iowa State last season for the Cyclones. He threw for 3,188 pass yards, 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and completed 71.7% of his passes. Now, Brock Purdy is, you know, like, kind of weird in a sense because, like, his career at Iowa State got off to a really strong start. And ever since then, you know, like, he never really got better. He kind of got worse year after year. He started throwing the football downfield less and less. As a matter of fact, like I question just can he even throw, you know, an accurate deep ball because he doesn't really have a strong arm. He has below average arm strength. He also struggles under pressure. Like when the pocket is collapsing and there is a bunch of chaos, you got a bunch of defenders in his face. That's where he struggles the most. However, he is really good in the quick game. So if there's a team out there that has a West Coast system or likes to implement a lot of RPOs and gets the ball out fast Brock Purdy would be a really good fit he also is mobile has really good athleticism able to you know get outside the pocket and extend plays if need be so I'm looking at Brock Purdy he has potential to be a very solid backup you know don't really see the potential there for him to be a full-time starter. However, if you're looking for a backup quarterback who can come in and win you some games and be a good, reliable option just in case your starter gets injured, then Brock Purdy is your guy. And a lot of people, when you look at Brock Purdy, you know, like, he doesn't really have anything elite about him and there's not really a lot of desirable traits that you would like about Brock Purdy however you know with the right team the right system he can be a very effective backup Jack Cohen 6'3 218 pounds out of Notre Dame is my eighth quarterback on my quarterback rankings Last season for the Fighting Irish, he threw for 3,150 pass yards, 25 touchdowns to seven interceptions, and completed 65.5% of his passes. Now, he transferred from Wisconsin, and transferring to Notre Dame out of Wisconsin was a really good decision by Jack Cohen because he got better at Notre Dame because Wisconsin doesn't really play in a offense that really showcases a quarterback strengths because they put a lot of emphasis on running the football and when I watched Jack Cohen play for Notre Dame I don't know about you guys but I saw a really solid pocket quarterback like he has really good pocket awareness he's really good inside of the pocket he know he has a pretty good feel inside of the pocket he also is pretty good going through his progressions you know one two three pretty good going through reads however when he gets pressure in his face 
and he's not throwing out of a clean pocket, that's where he can kind of get a little bit spotty at times. And he doesn't have mobility or he's not really all that mobile. So when things break down, the play is pretty much over. You know, he's not going to be able to create. He's not really going to turn something into nothing. However, I look at Jack Cohen and I see a really good backup option. I see somebody who may be could be, you know, a French starter. He could have a similar career of a Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's a good journeyman quarterback. Never really the long-term answer for a team at quarterback, but definitely somebody who can be a solid starter for you or could be a really good bridge quarterback. And I think Jack Cohen can have a really good career, you know, as somebody who could be a French starter. And I haven't really seen too many people talk about Jack Cohen. I haven't really seen him on a lot of top 10 quarterback rankings and maybe that's because he may not be the most impressive quarterback prospect you know doesn't really have anything that jumps out of you however he does have a pretty good arm with some pretty good velocity and I like Jack Horn a lot you know I've watched a pretty good amount of Notre Dame games and I've always came away impressed with Jack Horn's performance especially when you look at the game that he had against Oklahoma State in their New Year Six Bowl game so I look at Jack Cohen, I think he could be a really good journeyman quarterback who bounces around. Number seven, Bailey Zappi. Now, Bailey Zappi is really interesting. He's six foot, 215 pounds out of Western Kentucky, transferred there, and he went off last season, okay? He threw 62 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, completing 69.2% of his passes, threw for 4,967 passing yards. The dude had elite college production, and he has really good touch. Like, his touch is really good. He may be one of the best touch passers in this draft class because a lot of these quarterbacks like they have strong arms but they don't have no touch and you can't just strong arm every single throw you can't throw every single pass 100 miles per hour every single pass can't be a fastball sometimes you're going to have to be able to have some touch to you know throw the football over defenders or try to finesse the football into you know tight spots like Bailey Zappi is a really good quarterback when it comes to touch. He also maneuvers inside of the pocket really well. However, you know, his release isn't quick. It's pretty elongated, which means that, you know, he's going to have to have a pretty good pocket most time to throw the football. Since his throwing motion is slow, it allows defensive ends to catch up you know, and get back into the play. And on top of that, he doesn't have a great arm. He has an average arm, maybe slightly above average at best. And you can kind of see that when he throws the football, sometimes like it doesn't, it doesn't really come out his hands, you know, like with a lot of velocity, you know, he kind of throws floaters per se, in my opinion, you know, there's not really a lot of behind his passes is a lot of you know floaters a little bit of touch you know and you can still be a pretty successful quarterback 
without having a strong arm. You just have to have a really high football IQ. You have to be really good when it comes to understanding defenses. And you have to know the playbook inside and out. You have to be able to look to your left and understand that when you go to your right, this wide receiver is going to be here at this time. He's making this break and the defense is in this coverage. So he should be open. You have to understand that. You look at Bailey Zappi. Many people believe that he definitely can be a starter. You know, he's somebody who you can sit and he can end up becoming a very solid quarterback. He can end up being a pretty above, uh, at best, he can be above average quarterback. That's what a lot of people see in Bailey Zappi. And I kind of see it too. You know, I see somebody who maybe could come in and, you know, for a season or two sit and then potentially become a starter. And with the right team, Bailey Zappi can really be effective. And that's really dependent on the team. I think Bailey Zappi would be really good on a team like Pittsburgh. You know, and I'm a Pittsburgh fan, and I'm not rooting for Pittsburgh to draft Bailey Zappi. But Bailey Zappi would be really good going to an organization that already has a good team built already so then he can come in right away he won't have to you know worry about having a bad offensive line or a lack of weapons around him to throw the football that's where Bailey Zappi is going to thrive he's going to thrive in a situation that already has a good team set in place they just need somebody consistent at quarterback and that's what Bailey Zappi can be Sam Howell is my sixth ranked quarterback he's 6'1 218 pounds coming out of the University of North Carolina had a down season compared to his 2020 campaign last season he threw for 3056 passing yards 24 touchdowns to nine interceptions completed 62.5 percent his passes and although his passing production went down he was really phenomenal on the ground. 828 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. Like, I didn't even know he was that good of an athlete. And the reason why Sam Howell's production went down is because UNC lost a lot of talent. Like, they lost their starting running back, and they also lost a lot of talented wide receivers. They had a really good group of running backs and Michael Carter, Javante Williams, they had Dami Brown, and somebody else's name who I can't remember off the top of my head who also played um, on that 2020 UNC team. So I expected Sam Howell to have a little bit of a down year. I was never really big on Sam Howell before the season began. You know, like I still had a wait and see approach. I wanted to see what, what other quarterbacks were going to emerge. But you look at Sam Howell, like, he does have really high potential. He probably has the second highest ceiling out of any other quarterback in this draft class behind Malik Willis. Great arm strength, elite potential. You look at him, and you look at him play, he reminds you a lot of Baker Mayfield. You know, he has a really beautiful throwing motion, throws off a really good base, in my opinion. Like, I see Baker Mayfield, but with a stronger arm and more athletic. And you have to wonder, because Baker Mayfield, 
build we thought he was a pretty good athlete coming out of Oklahoma he still is however you know he's not as dominant as an athlete in the NFL as he was during his time with Oklahoma so I look at Sam Howe I definitely don't think he's going to be as good as a runner in the NFL like he was in college football however he is somebody who does possess really good mobility and you can run RPOs on reads with Sam Howell I think Sam Howell is going to be really good going to a team that plays in cold weather, a team that plays in the outdoors. I think that's where he's going to thrive because that arm strength is going to come into place. And Sam Howell, like you look at the faults about him, really not too many that I have. You know, his ball placement needs some work, doesn't really put receivers in great situations to catch the ball, doesn't really make it easy for them. And as a quarterback, you know, your job is not only supposed to be to get the ball to the receivers, but you want to make sure that you can throw the football to your wide receivers and make life easy on the wide receivers when it comes to catching the ball. And also he takes too many sacks, you know, he holds the ball too long. Sometimes he can kind of be too keyed in on getting the big play but I look at Sam Howell like I don't really see somebody who has to sit for multiple years like I think if you have to start Sam Howell you can build somewhat of an offense around it and you can win a couple of games with Sam Howell not every team can really it just depends on how good the team is if he goes to a team like Detroit yeah he has to sit a year but if he's going to a team like New Orleans or Pittsburgh or Seattle I think he could be in situations where he could, you know, start and be pretty good because I think too many people are nitpicking Sam Howell. Like, everybody's looking on, you know, the performance that he had this past season. I understand that, you know, a lot of things that you probably watched on film wasn't pretty, but you got to take into account that he didn't really have as good as a team this past season that he had the year prior, so that's why his production kind of went down, but I... I'm still, you know, somebody who believes that Sam Howell can be pretty good and the potential definitely is there. Number five, we have Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback Desmond Ritter, 6'3", 211 pounds. His last season for the Bearcats, he threw 30 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, threw for 3,334 passing yards, completed 64.9% of his passes. And Desmond Ritter, like, you look at him, he doesn't really have any traits as of right now looking at his film that pop out at you other than his, you know his athleticism and his mobility other than that you know like he's not bad in any area you know he's solid in a lot of areas and that's what makes Desmond Ritter a really intriguing quarterback prospect because according to many people who cover the draft like PFF, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay you know like they praise Desmond Ritter's decision making and how well he processes defenses and that is something that he does really good like he understands what defenses are trying to do he's pretty good when it comes to diagnosing coverages and you look at the other traits that he has you know like his arm strength and I don't know if you were considered above average or average. You know, I'm going to say, you know, it's above average. I think he does have a pretty solid arm. Some people would say that he has an average arm, but he has a pretty good arm and he does have 
really good mobility. He ran a 4-5-2, I believe, at the NFL Combine. So he has really good speed. He can burn you on read options, RPOs. Like, Desmond Ritter is a really solid quarterback. Like, outside of his athleticism, even though he doesn't really have any elite traits that may pop out on film to you, you know, like he's a really solid quarterback. Like Desmond Ritter could go to Carolina and win some games. You get what I'm saying? Like Desmond Ritter is a really solid quarterback. That's what he is. Solid. The ceiling probably isn't that high. At best, you probably get, you know, Dak Prescott. At worst, you get a backup, you know, an average backup at worst. Now, the downfall with Desmond Ritter is. He's a hot and cold passer. He's really streaky. And what I mean by hot and cold streaky is like during games, he can get really hot. And also at times during games, he can get really cold. You know, like there was one game, I think it was Murray State. The first half, he didn't look really good at all. He looked really bad. Then the second half, he played really well. And there's been some games where he started off really good in the first half and he struggled in the second half. Like he has stretches during games sometimes where he can get hot and cold. You know, sometimes he can be good for a quarter. Sometimes he can be bad for two quarters. He's just kind of hot and cold during games at times and also progressions it's not that he struggles going through progressions because he can go through his progressions it's just that he doesn't go through his progressions consistently enough sometimes sometimes he'll just lock on to one read and that would be it he doesn't go through his progressions every single time one two three he can do it he just doesn't do it as consistently so Desmond Ritter is my fifth ranked quarterback I like Desmond Ritter I think he's a solid QB you know he could have a solid career you know um number four Malik Willis. Malik Willis is my favorite quarterback prospect in this draft class. He's six foot, 219 pounds coming out of Liberty. He transferred from Auburn to the Liberty Flames to play for Hugh Freeze. And you look at Malik Willis, you know, like he's getting, he got, uh, he didn't really get a lot of attention before the college football season began. Unless you have been, you know, tapped into the JT Sports podcast, because I have been a big fan of Malik Willis before the college football season even started last year. Like I was watching a lot of Malik Willis games during 2020, the COVID year that we had. And I was really impressed. I saw somebody who had a lot of work that needed to be done. However, a lot of potential, a fun player to watch and Last season, he threw 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, completed 61.1% of his passes, and threw for 2,857 passing yards. So the passing numbers aren't really fantastic, but he did run for 13 touchdowns on the ground and 878 rushing yards. And you look at the potential that he has. Like, he has the potential to become an elite dual-threat quarterback. He can be just as good as somebody as Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen because he has a dynamic arm. Like, he has an arm that can throw off any platform from any angle on any side of the field. Like, this is somebody who can roll all the way to the right side of the field and throw it 50 yards downfield across his body. Like this dude's arm is believable, is unbelievable and is really fun to watch. Like 
People say quarterbacks who have good arms, sometimes they will describe it as a quarterback having a live arm. Like when people talk about the arm strength of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, when they were coming out, they said that they had live arms. When somebody has a live arm, it kind of looks like they just throw the football effortless. Like, they throw the football with ease, and they throw it really far with ease. It looks like they don't put no effort at all. It it seems like, you know, with just a little tiny flick of the wrist, the ball's going 60, 70 yards downfield. You look at that elite arm strength that Malik Willis has now, elite athleticism. However, he's a erratic passer, you know, like, you can definitely tell that with him back there at quarterback, he has a lot of things he has to work on, and his mechanics need a lot of work. Now, many people think that Malik Willis is somebody who has to sit for a year or two no matter where he goes, no matter if he goes to a good team or a bad team. I disagree with that. I feel like with Malik Willis, with how phenomenal he is as an athlete with his athleticism and how strong of an arm you have like you can build a you know somewhat of a gimmicky offense around them for a season and win games with them now you are going to have to you know build off the scheme that you build around him you're going to have to modify it of course he's going to have to improve as well but when you have somebody who's just a great athlete with a great arm I feel like you just have to let them play in my opinion like you look at Lamar Jackson Josh Allen, both quarterbacks who were considered by many draft analysts to have elite potential, however they needed to sit for a year, where they both played meaningful games their rookie seasons. And, you know, like with how good their athletic abilities were, you know, they were able to make some things happen. Now, they did have a lot of down moments. However, they did show some some flashes. And for Malik Willis, wherever he goes, I just feel like you should start on week one. You should be able to build something around him that should allow you to be successful his rookie season. And then, you know, after that, you continue to develop him. You continue to modify that offense and add new wrinkles to it so defenses don't catch up to you. So for Malik Willis, I think he could survive at least one season, his rookie season, if he has to start because he has a lot of athleticism and he has a really strong arm and I understand that the NFL isn't about you know how good of an athlete you are you also have to be able to understand the game you have to be able to process what defenses are trying to do because that's where you're going to determine where you throw the football at and you can teach somebody you know the mental aspect of the game that seems to be what a lot of people forget when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks like they just look at them and they'd be like well they need improvement on this and need that like you can improve mechanics okay you can improve IQ you can teach somebody how to play the quarterback position however there are certain things when it comes to playing quarterback that you don't find every day you're not going to find somebody with this elite athleticism you're not going to find a quarterback every day with this great of an arm you get what i'm saying so when you have a quarterback prospect that is this good you know like you can't really nitpick you just have to accept the fact that they have some inefficiencies that you have to work on however you have to have the confidence in yourself as a head coach and as your own manager that you can put the proper pieces to succeed and that's really what it is when it comes to malik willis like 
can he go to a team that can properly construct him? Because, like, it is an experiment with Malik Willis. But, however, it's not an experiment that we haven't seen be successful. We've seen similar players like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson Quarterbacks who were really good athletes and had really good physical traits about them, however, weren't really all that great when it came to the mental aspect of the game. However, you know, they sat for a year and they were able to learn. You Well, Patrick Mahomes was able to learn. You look at Lamar and Josh Allen, you know, like, even though they didn't have the luxury of setting a full season behind somebody, you know, like, they still were able to get better as they progressed throughout their rookie seasons and they learned more and their teams got better. So for Malik Willis, I just think he somebody who you gotta let play like you just gotta let them play you gotta let them figure things out and on top of that I think that he can survive at least one season based off you know how productive he could be with you know his athleticism and how great of an arm he has because when you have elite traits and you have elite qualities, being elite at things allows you to get away with certain things that others can't. Because if you have a strong arm, you can get away with maybe not being able to be good at throwing wide receivers open because you have a good enough arm to fit the football in tight windows. Meanwhile, somebody that doesn't have a strong arm, you know, they're going to have to wait and they're going to have to throw with anticipation. They're going to have to throw receivers open. So I look at Malik Willis. He's my fourth best quarterback, my favorite quarterback in this draft class. Matt Corral comes in as my third quarterback, 6'2", 212 pounds out of Ole Miss. Last season for Ole Miss, 12 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 3,349 passing yards through the air, completed 67.9% of his passes. He also had 11 rushing touchdowns and 614 rushing yards. Matt Corral definitely improved a lot in 2021 compared to where he was in 2020. His 2020 season wasn't that bad. However, you know, you would like to see him lower the turnovers, which he did that in 2021. And on top of that, he has a really good release. He has a release that gets the ball out really fast. It's a really nice throwing motion. He has a really good arm. However, people have concerns about his durability because like, even though he's 6'2", 212 pounds, like he's kind of slim built. He's kind of built like me, if you want to call, if you want to say that. So with him being a little bit slim, you will want him to hopefully beef up a little bit because like, you wonder how many hits he can take. You get what I'm saying? Because, like, if you're Matt Corral and you're going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken off the board, you might not be going to the best situation. So you're probably going to get beat up for the first couple of seasons. And you got to be able to take a beating. And you wonder just how much of a beating Matt Corral can take. Because during this past season for Ole Miss, you know, like, there was a stretch during the season, late in the season, when Matt Corral was banged up. And it was because, you know, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, they did rely on him a lot, especially in the run game. So when you look at Matt Corral, like, you got to be cautious with him. He does have the ability to be a really good runner. You can use him on a lot of design quarterback runs. However, you have to be cautious if you are a team that drafts Matt Corral. You got to make sure that you definitely put a lot of emphasis on making sure that that offensive line is at least average at best his rookie season if he has to start because you wonder just how many hits his body can take but also another thing with Matt Corral is like his d-ball accuracy is really inconsistent that's going to have to improve at the next level but 
he's really agile, you know, like he's really wiggly. He has a lot of shiftiness to him. And on top of that, I think he's really good playing outside the structure. Like, he's somebody who's really good when it comes to improvising. Like, when things are breaking down, I think that's where Matt Corral could be at his best. So, Matt Corral is my third best quarterback. Number two, I have Kenny Pickett. 6'3", 217 pounds out of Pittsburgh University. Kenny Pickett has high football IQ, like, this guy understands the game, like, he throws receivers open, I think he throws with good anticipation, like, he understands coverages, he also understands where everybody is at, like, this guy is just a commander, he has a high football IQ, elite accuracy, like, he throws receivers open, he, like, he reminds a lot of people of Joe Burrow, I understand why, a lot of people compare Kenny Pickett to Joe Burrow. And you kind of look at, you know, the season that he had, the ascension that he kind of had. He kind of went from an average quarterback to elite quarterback in the span of a year. So you look at Kenny Pickett like this guy understands it. This is definitely somebody who could start week one. You have no problem with it. However, he never looks comfortable in the pocket. You know, like he gets happy feet. You know, he looks nervous. And I think that's because Pittsburgh's offensive line kind of put some scars on him his first couple of years. He never really got comfortable with trusting his offensive line, so he never really was able to develop as a precision pocket passer and his pocket presence didn't really develop all that much. So if you are an NFL team who drafts Kenny Pickett, you're going to have to kind of, you know, rebuild though you're going to have to kind of rebuild him in a sense when it comes to what he does in the pocket you're going to have to rebuild his behavior in the pocket you're going to have to get him to the point where he trusts himself to be comfortable in the pocket because he's kind of been scarred from bad offensive line play his first couple of seasons playing at the University of Pittsburgh before I get to my number one quarterback I want to tell you guys that I appreciate you guys for listening to the JT Sports Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in to the podcast, make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram at JT Sports underscore, and you can follow me on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore. The link to those will be down in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Also, Make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast, available on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. And if you're listening to this on podcasting platforms, make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel, which is JT Sports, if you want to see the visual version of the podcast. My my number one quarterback is Carson Strong. He is 6'3", 226 pounds out of the University of Nevada. I love Carson Strong's game. And I have also have been a huge fan of Carson Strong dating back to 2020. This guy is a really good thrower of the football. Last season for Nevada, he threw for 4,186 pass yards, 36 touchdowns to eight interceptions, and completed 70% of his passes. Like, this dude has a phenomenal arm. Like, this dude has a rocket. Not only does he have great 
a great arm, but he has great touch. Like this dude has one of is one of the best arm talents, if not the best arm talent in this draft class. And what I mean by arm talent is like I don't mean arm strength. Arm talent means just your ability to throw the football overall. Just how well are you when it comes to throwing the football with touch and with power? And that's where Carson Strong has. Like he has this rare blend of arm strength and power. He has this rare blend of power and finesse when he throws the football. He has really good mechanics. Like Carson Strong has been on a good amount of people's number ones. Okay, like I know some people probably gonna be like, JT, you have Carson Strong at number one. Like, I'm not the first person that has had Carson Strong as their number one quarterback on their rankings when it comes to ranking these QBs. Like, Carson Strong, the only thing you really worry about Carson Strong is his durability because of the knee and his mobility that also has took a plunge because of the knee. However, like, I look at Carson Strong, and I mean, this is a quarterback who is a first-round talent. I think he is a top-15 talent. And I think he's good enough to start right away. However, you definitely want to make sure that you have a good offensive line because you don't want him taking too many hits. Carson Strong, I think, is a really good quarterback prospect. Now, he does kind of have like this gunslinger mentality. And although he does have a pretty low interception um, number, he does take a lot of risk. Now, he gets away with a lot of those risks, I think, because he plays at Nevada. He plays at a lower level school. Not saying I think that's going to be a major implication I'm going to next level because, I mean, even though he does come from a small school, you look at the fundamental traits, he possesses those. So he he's pretty sound. He goes to his reads. He goes to his progressions. He has a really good arm, really good accuracy and touch. Like, I'm not really worried about how his skill set translates to the next level. What does worry me is the fact that, you know, he is a risk taker. So whoever drafts him has to understand that there's going to be some games where he's going to have some throws that may cause cost you a couple of games or he may have some mistakes that happen at really critical time so I really question you know like how much of a risk taker is he going to be at the next level is he going to be somebody who takes smart calculated risk or is he just going to be Jameis Winston when he was playing for the 10 Bay Buccaneers who just throws caution to the wind so I think Carson Strong is the best quarterback in this draft class. Like I said, I know some people are probably going to disagree with this, but there are also a good amount of people who are probably going to agree with this statement because Carson Strong is a really good quarterback. And if it wasn't for the knee, a lot of people probably would have him going number one and being the first quarterback taken off the board. So this is it. For my top 10 quarterback prospects in the 2022 NFL Draft, let me know what you guys think. Make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. All you got to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast and any podcasting platform. It should pop up. Or you can go down to the description, scroll down a little bit, and it will have the podcast links to the Apple and Spotify podcast. You can click on those to check out the podcast and also make sure that you leave a five-star review. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast.